0: Down. that's where the issue of leadership came in it came in very early on in that place, It's like okay, um, of no, this is going to move forward without people who have a real heart and desire to move things forward, and the thing that I was seeing in terms of this disconnect is that there's some really bright people out there people who actually work in the world solving problems in their real world there, but there's a disconnect between what they do there and what
1: they do locally Welcome to the Missions Pastor Podcast presented by One Child. One Child is a global community of child champions that serves children in poverty so they can discover hope and reach their God-given potential. We believe that the local church has the message of hope that the world desperately needs to hear. And in every episode, we highlight churches, pastors, and ministries who are working to bring that hope to hard places. I'm David Jesse. I am your host for today's conversation with Todd Todd is the ministry development pastor at Christ's Church in Jacksonville, Florida. Christ's Church is intentionally focused on working directly through local leaders in their global missions efforts. I asked Todd to explain why that is such a critical part of the missions work Christ's Church is involved with. So, um, I... I have always
0: loved outreach. I've always loved the idea of, of serving the underserved wherever they've been here near and far away. Um, the global part of that has um, you know captivated me early on you know, we in youth group, it was just seemed like part of their discipleship to take them across to another culture to experience things. And so in our place it made a lot of sense. We just crossed the border in New Mexico. We uh, did uh, those little stick and mortar experiences, got exposed to poverty, got exposed to different cultures. Uh, and it did raise up It raised up students who really had a heart to want to go forward with that. And you can't do those things without working in your own heart as well, right? So it did. And, just, you know, as opportunities allowed, I, I, I had opportunities to define myself a little more into the global world. Um, and then there was a lot to learn about that um, even just in our own little church at that point, we had a missions community of really very passionate people. Uh, but they were very isolated from the life of the church that's going on. They had some meaningful connection to something overseas, but they had translated that into the life of the church at all. Uh, and, um, God bless them, they were passed on, but there was a little bit of a spiritual arrogance, right? You know, missions lived in this lofty space, and the local church really was removed from all of it. And then I got thrown into that mix. And and what I really discovered early on there was that um, that wasn't going to be a formula to move us forward. And um, these were well meaning people, but they weren't necessarily influencers. They hadn't even figured out how to get themselves out of their own box. And, um, and if we're talking about leadership and where it began, it, it really began with a dependency on prayer because I didn't know where else to go. I, mm-hmm. I, um, and uh, I had run into one or two people I thought were kind of sharp characters who seemed to get that. And I would tell you like every Thursday for nearly a decade – <laughs> we met at a Taco Bell or a, a Subway um, that was kind of a common meeting ground for all of us. And we just prayed. We just prayed for God to move, for him to reveal where we needed to go, what it needed to look like. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where the issue of leadership came in. It came in very early on in that place. It was like, okay, um, no, this is going to move forward without people who have a real heart and desire to move things forward. And the thing that I was seeing in terms of this disconnect is that there are some really bright people out there, people who actually mm. work in the world, solving problems in their real world there. But there's a disconnect between what they do there and what they do locally. And uh, just just an illustration. Um, ran into a man who, who was a manager in a multi-billion-dollar operation, painted Sherman tanks. He was a manager for getting Sherman tanks painted over in, in Egypt. So his business had spent all this time training him on how to work among uh, Arabic peoples helped work out the, the cultural uniqueness and how to be effective at working collaboratively to make things happen. He was, he was underneath our nose. This guy's just doing this work here. Uh He had no sense of like the potential for him to take those skills and work in another context. Well, you know, I think if God blessed me with anything, it was just with intelligence enough to see really intelligent people who can do things and getting them connected (laughs) with opportunities, you know, and then he began to serve as a catalyst for an amazing work that we began to do among least reach people. Um, tremendously effective and doing things that, um, really wouldn't be appropriate to talk about too publicly, but we just, sure. It blew my mind. They just blew my mind. I couldn't even begin to imagine that. Uh, but that sort of capacity existed in the leadership of, of a guy like Pat and, um, and saw that work. And then it was just like, okay, where else can this work? And before you mm. know it, that's what the ministry became. It became Lay-led task force, who weren't so most weren't necessarily um, connected with, um, let's say, a, a, a particular par- partner or a particular family. They were connected with a mission. What's it going to take mm-hmm. to to reach this least reached group of people? And move the needle. Mm-hmm. Of course, getting to that mindset was a journey too, right? So, you know, first you are supporting workers because they are related to so and so, and or I don't know why we support them. They've sure. just been around forever. You know, nobody really asked the question like, is that the right partnership for us? Not they're calling, but like, is that a right relationship we need to be in? And you move beyond that, and you start thinking, okay, we need to help our people engage more in the work overseas and what can lay leadership do. And that was fun to explore that. And then you're like, going, okay, where should lay leadership be doing these things? Where, where's, where does the needle need not moving and where do we need to put our best energy? Mm-hmm. For that? that was a, that's a great journey. It was a wonderful journey. I, I can't tell you how many things I learned along the way. Uh, it was just from really great people. Um, Again, born out of prayer. I don't know. I, I always feel like awesome. sort of gets dismissed, but I do think that God brings the sort of leadership that you need when you appeal to him, that
1: you need that sort of leadership. Mm-hmm. So anyhow. It's was, been that way for thousands of years, hasn't it?
0: Again, <laughs> As, <you know laughs> As we what?
1: walk with the Lord. Seriously.
0: And um, there's what three Great Commission challenges, right? Matthew 28, Mark 16, Acts 1. Acts 1 has always been my favorite. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, you know, it's Jesus' last day, his best day. He's going back home. Disciples are still kind of going through this <laughs> mind warp like, okay, we just saw this guy do everything he said he was going to do. He died by, he's the king of all kings, truly. Now what's that king going to do? Still thinking about a physical earthly kingdom. You know, so what's next? And, you, and his response is, I'll tell you what's next. He's I'm going to heaven. I've done my job.
1: <laughs> you
0: know, but you will be my witnesses when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And, and you're going to do this in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. And then you left them. He didn't leave my blueprint. Mm-hmm. He didn't leave them anything right. either that go and pray. The Holy Spirit will come on you. Right. And here's the pathway. And, of course, we know what he did with a handful of very ordinary people. Uh, and he turned a, you know, a world upside down. Mm. I love that template. It actually gives me hope. Like, like for me, I have felt very average sure. my entire life. I mean, you're looking at me like mm. I am, I'm am not a model of any sort of athlete <laughs> or, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, back in my transcripts, you know, I wasn't a poor student, a bad student, but I wasn't a great student. Like there's nothing that was going to be a standout quality. Um, but I could lean in and depend on, on God. And I could really seek His heart, and uh, and I, so yeah. So the basis for what I think of really effective leadership, management, uh, leadership, and moving people forward is is prayer and teaching that deep dependency on prayer because that's how mm-hmm. Jesus instructed it to happen. Then I think the second mm-hmm. part of that, you know, you yeah yeah go for it. No, I said the second part. Oh, go for of that I think is is then empowering people to do what the Holy spirit has laid in their heart to do. Now our role come alongside and go, okay, somebody else doing that. Well, let's be wise. How can we partner along with somebody who's already doing it? Let's not recreate yet another, that's one of the worst things that we do as independent churches, which is <laughs> proprietary on everything. What, what good is that? And, uh, and then um, we um, get distracted there, but let's take care. So yeah. Line up with who else is doing that. Let's look at you. Like what parts of your, your leadership are lacking? Who can we put around you to help fill that in? Hmm. You know, and then it's like, who else can we get to come alongside of you? You know, in this great collaboration to do things because collaboration. That's, that's the answer. I totally convinced collaboration is the answer. To things and that's where we're seeing a lot of fruit even here now today. in my current assignment is through the collaborations. Mm.
1: Yeah. Are you gonna ask me a question? That's awesome. Now, obviously, yeah, obviously, you know, you're dealing with a situation where you're 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 seeing who God has already placed in a specific area, working with people and that are open to being used by God, and then trying to through prayer understand how you know, you can facilitate that and encourage that and develop that and grow that. Um, if that was easy, everybody in all churches and all ministries would already be doing that. Um, it's not easy. It's messy. It's challenging. So specifically, um, what are some of the challenges that you've run into in kind of taking this approach?
0: Funny you're bringing that up. I've Recently, I've, I've been working with a team of people and um, trying to help them identify how they can move forward successfully. And we brought up this issue of leadership. What does you know, leadership look like? And one of them made a comment: and "says Well, Todd, the leadership doesn't look like the leadership you have under where you are right now because you you have leaders, so we just don't have any leaders." And I'm, I'm talking to a ministry that's easily. Five times larger than ours, you know, and I go in a larger town, you know, more more people. Than, I said, and I, re- I had to challenge him really gently. I go, the issue isn't about leadership there; it's, it's about your leadership. Um, you just aren't looking mm-hmm. with the right lenses. And they were good people. They loved they loved being out every night working and serving and doing this and this thing. And I love those things too. I love the hands-on part of it. But somebody has got to be up at another layer or two and looking out and going, okay, who's out there that could be cultivated, who could come be a part of it? I don't think it's necessarily that sloppy. I don't think it's necessarily that hard. But you sort of have to make a decision, I'm going to live a little bit removed from it. Hmm. And, and just little things. You know, we, have a, we have a great care ministry here. And like a name came up earlier today. It's like you need to, go reach out to them. I was like, well, I'm not going to reach out to him, but I'm going to reach out to so-and-so who I asked to minister to this, this fellow who has a lot of needs. And it was, you know, it was a text to him and say, can you check in on him? And it was a quick check, you know, text back and say on it, these things are going on. And and I got an appointment with him on Friday. We're going to, you know, that's where we need to live at our, at our level of ministry, we need to be leaders who are cultivating other leaders. And, uh, and if there's anything that I can do that I think somebody else can do, I, I'm passing it off. Now, I work hard. I, sounds like, sometimes that sounds like it's being lazy. I'm a hard worker. No. I get up early, I go to bed, right. you know, decent hour. But I also eat a meal with my family, you know, and my children aren't resenting right. their dad being a pastor. So, and I get to their mall mm. games. And we still volunteer as a family. We still have our things that we are invested in that we we want to serve. Our platforms are being out in the community. But we've made those choices and I'm not taking the job of what should be somebody else's passion or calling.
1: That's good. You know, taking that step back and relinquishing control to some extent, um, with the expectation that there are people that are gifted and are called and, um, will be empowered by the Holy spirit in order to accomplish what needs to be done and do it better than you could do it. If you're there, released into it, um, is, is critically important to this idea of developing leaders, um, locally on that. Why is it worth it when you, when you see those things taking place and, and people stepping into what, what God's calling is for them?
0: you already kind of identified some of them it's worth it because um there are people who god has gifted in some really amazing ways who will look at the problem and in, in a diff, from a different intersection and will have skills and tools that aren't necessarily available to me and they're gonna and there are people out there who have these passion points for these things you're talking about vulnerable children in the ministry that you that you do with one child. You know, there are people out there who have a real heart for that, and uh, and mm-hmm. giftings. They have real giftings. They're just disconnected, and um, and for me to jump in and to do that job, you know, I've got a varying level of, pa- of passion point for these dozen things. I'm robbing somebody who has an all-in passion point for it. I'm robbing somebody who's mm-hmm. very gifted, equipped for that role and um and i'm just stepping in and say hey let me manage this you know um (laughs) yeah i I feel like it's robbing it's robbing it's robbing talent i guess the other part of that too is it's a multiplication factor right um if i continue to hold this part of the wall and then i've also equipped dozens of others to grab other parts of the wall or go on to it we're gonna get the wall done you know, I guess that's a Nehemiah principle, and that's really yeah. what he did successfully. Was he charged leaders, capable leaders, to tackle parts of this, and that leadership trickled down even down to the homeowners, and said, "Yeah, we can hold that part of the wall as well." There's probably is another revelation there: is that leadership happens at all levels, and everybody can lead to some capacity.
1: What an important principle to remember. Everyone can lead in some way. It may be over their own small area of influence, but they still have influence. And it's our responsibility as church leaders to release them into leadership over those areas. We'll continue our conversation with Todd after this brief message from One Child.
2: Together we believe extreme child poverty has an end and it starts with hope. Hope is a vision for a better future, a way to get there and the courage to try. And it is built through the church all over the world, coming together as one global community to help children thrive. We create a partnership experience that reflects your heart for the world. Together, we find the point where our mission and vision intersect to address the needs of children living in hard places. Together, we are a community that sees children as solutions, not problems. A community with the courage to go to the hard places. A community that gives so children can thrive. Together, this is us. Your church, a shared vision, celebrating global impact through the local church. For more information, visit onechild.org partnership.
1: I asked Todd to share some ways things have changed at Christ's Church um, as they've shifted toward more intentionally working through local leaders in their outreach and missions effort.
0: Great question. I, I think that um, there are a couple ways I would approach that question. I'm hearing it crop, whether that you intend it. Uh, you know, first thing is probably helping us um, bring a little more clarity about what we're going to really be about. Um, and as I'm looking at our ministry and even thinking about our title for our department, as we've been in a process of reforming, I've been thinking a lot more about leadership and kingdom advancement and more as a resource to kind of help identify where leadership is raising up and where we need to help come behind it, how to identify next generation leadership and raise them up, and then basically educate them toward where the where the task remains and what does that look like, and then see how God pulls that together. I really do see that uh, – we're probably moving away less from particular worker partnerships and working more toward fields, more toward causes, and that we're trying to help solve larger issues. I think we will find ourselves identifying more and more people who are working, who like to work collaboratively. Um, <laughs> and that's that's a delicate dance, but, you know, there's often you find mom and pop um People have this calling, you know, and they got a very strong calling and they'd Mm -hmm. love to have you along for the support, (laughs) you know. uh, Oh, yeah. We'll we'll arrange a trip for you, you know, to come down and to visit, see what we're doing. But, you know, it's not really like, okay, here's what we're trying to accomplish. You know, how can you come alongside of us and and let's work together to solve this larger thing? So I, I feel like it's already providing a filter by which we're looking at our current partnerships and how we're going to work with them in the future. I think what it also does is allows us to open up our ears a little bit more and realize that we're not the the only people God's speaking to when it comes to vision mm-hmm. and direction. Um, when I get a, a young leader who rises up or emerging leader and they're saying, God's really put this in my heart to do. I don't think I'm going to go through all the gymnastics I've had in the past to try to rework that, to make it fit into a current partnership that we have or a current project that we have. It's like, okay, let's just see how right. we can, we can align you with where we need to and celebrate that, you know?
1: Hmm. That's good. That's good. So it, you know, if you could sit down with a missions pastor that is in the process of kind of retooling what they're doing with their missions program and, and readjusting, you know, maybe moving from um, the way things have done, been done for, at the church for decades to sort of a fresh 21st century approach towards things and give them one piece of advice. What advice would you give them?
0: Well, this is not like one baker telling another baker where to find the bread. Like I, uh, I, will, I will remove myself from a my level of expertise on this apart from nearly 40 years of, and I, you know, tripping into things and hitting walls and seeing great successes. The common denominator for the successes has always been starting in that position of prayer and finding others who ally with you in that position of prayer. And I say that realizing that one of the hardest things for us who are in church and leadership is (laughs) to zero in on the matter of prayer. It is, it's immensely challenging um, <laughs> I walked into hour-long prayer sessions, slated prayer sessions, and there'd be 50 minutes of preamble. So we broke it down to prayer. Yeah, you know, the remaining 10 minutes here. It's like, okay, do we really want to depend on God to, you know, make, to give us the insights where this goes? And you know, there's a there's an intimacy that happens there. Um, it's, it sounds crass, but it's not unlike you know, intimacy that husband and wife share when they have time together with one another you know sure. what i mean but you know when i'm in a neighborhood for instance and we're focusing on the idea of transformation and you just get the like minded people together and you have lunch once a week and you pray and you're just saying god help us to see mm-hmm. things god open up opportunities you mm-hmm. know what i can tell you so we do that and then opportunities open up that there was no way my physical mind could ever put a design or orchestrate that to be that way and um, I come not as uh, that's not my primary gifting (laughs) it's not I do it as a discipline when they talk about prayer as a discipline I do it as a discipline because I Mm -hmm. know the reality of it I got friends you know say let's pray they go down they don't come up for breath you know for 10 minutes like (laughs) I still all these years still find myself wrestling with you know the right word for it but I wrestle I still wrestle, you know, Jacob wrestled with God, you know, and so I'm a little Jacob in that way, trying to climb the ladder to heaven. And uh, um, that would be, if I was down to one bit of ice, that would be it. That's what I'm trying to do
1: here. That's awesome. shared some great advice for churches seeking to empower local leaders to be a part of missions work around the world. First, keep your eyes open for people you wouldn't expect. There are people serving in areas already whom God has called to reach those in their own circles of influence. So look for them. Second, releasing local leaders into ministry is challenging for a lot of us. Uh, We have to be willing to let people who think differently and understand the context of where they are serving do things differently than we would do them. And finally, I love how Todd reminds us that praying for missions is another form of releasing control of missions. It's hard for us to do, but we really are placing the future of God's work in, in the nations back into God's hands. I want to thank Todd for joining me on this episode of the Missions Pastor Podcast. If you want to learn more about Christ's church, go to Christ's dot church. And thank you. For listening to the Missions Pastor Podcast, this show is presented by One Child. We are a global community of child champions that serves children in poverty so they can discover hope and reach their God-given potential. To learn more about how your church can partner with One Child to bring hope to hard places, go to onechild.org slash partnership.